I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. Coming to you live from the satellite branch, my name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. What? We told you we'd do it. We told you we would do it. You didn't believe us. We threatened you with it. We told you we would do it. We have to give all credit where due to executive producer Cute, who made this happen. Yeah. We are finally back in the same building. It's not the building you think we're in. Which no, Polly Pocket. It's a satellite branch, which is my like. It's like the mansion version of the Polly Pocket, <laughs> which is just like not the not Polly Pocket. Stately geek down manor. Yeah, it's the summer home. It's the summer home of the podcast. Oh, I like that. You know, we normally have to we have to sweat it out day in and day out in the Polly Pocket because that's where we live. That's where we live and work. Yeah, but when we have some time to get away, we come to the palatial grounds of Stately Geek Down Manor. Right. Caitlin is not buying in on this I mean, analogy well, at all. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm looking at you, but I'm also looking up the window to the factory that's spewing out God knows what. Listen, they call it Steel Town. It's just reclaiming it. That's that's Hamilton, baby. Yep. The Hammer. The Hammer. Live from the Hammer for episode. My God, Jesus, what episode is it? I don't know. 313. This is episode 313 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 312 episodes, take yourself wherever you get your audio content, be it Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. While you're there, give us a little rate review. Follow, subscribe. You can do that. Yeah. One thumb or five stars will take either. Or just a random comment. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a good comment. It doesn't have to be like, this is great, or yay. It just could, it could be like cupcakes, muffins. It could be, it could be literally cupcakes. It could be smog. It'd be the name of the dragon from the Hobbit. That, yeah. Just put that. Yeah. Leave us confused. Confuse it, us. It could be uh, one of those weird emojis <laughs> that you're like, "What is that?" Where you're not really sure what it is. Executive producer Q and I are rapidly developing a uh, a emoji glossary. Oh. Maybe I'll tweet that one day. Um. Yeah. the The best one lately was uh was we often wish each other a good jump off. The start of our day. Have a good oh, jump off. That's nice. Parachute emoji. Aww. It's actually really sweet. Oh, shut up. Friends, when you follow or subscribe to this podcast, you will get all the sweetness that this show brings to you. We'll talk about sweetness in a few minutes, probably, but I am that plate. Oh, get ready. All that sweetness will be brought to you week in and week out because these episodes are going to be brought directly to your device. You will never miss a future episode because they're going to be brought to you directly from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, sprinkled by your mans. Chauncey Frostolicus III, geek down in internet elf. Oh my god, he had to miss a week last week. He was very surly. He was pouting. You wouldn't think someone as stoic and eternal as Chauncey could pout. No. He's a different type of being. He He's more... He, of all of us, he was the most human. <laughs> um, a little Star Trek there for you. Um, uh, no, no, he, he texted me. He was, uh, he was only surly to you. I mean, he was just disappointed to me, but... But fear not, because these episodes are coming live and direct to you every week. Friends, if you would like to get, as mentioned, if you would like to get the full uh, Geek Down <laughs> emoji glossary, where we just take emojis and assign them meanings. <laughs> Want to know what the breaded shrimp is? Want to know what the shrimp tempura is? Oh, I do. You got to head over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. 
It's where the show lives on the social meds for now. Yeah. we. I mean, we say that. We've been saying it for a while, but I just feel like Twitter's just like winding just, down like Facebook. I'm just like lazy. It's like, you know when it's too late at the bar? Yeah. You know when you're closing out the bar yeah. and you know it's too late? You yeah. know that, that it popped off. All the good songs already got played by like... Everyone's got cabs. The, you're, you're not getting the TTC. 12.45, 1 o'clock. Like everybody already left. Yeah. And now you're stuck. Yeah. You're just kind of stuck. And there's just like, there's some creepy people on the corner and it's kind of gotten too cold to walk home. It's just not a good feeling. Because what we're saying is Twitter is the blue line of <laughs> or social media. the vomit comet. That's you're literally waiting for a blue line bus. You're waiting for the vomit comet. What was the other one? What did they call the blue one? I thought that was the vomit comet. No, vomit comet's the young one. The ninety, not the the ninety seven. That bus. Y'all love regional talk. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, we've been around too long, and we shouldn't be there anymore. But well, not not us. Like Twitter. Like we've been (laughs) at Twitter too long. We're going to be here for a long time. Let me take some breaks. There may be some hiatuses in the future. Jordan might uh, be swept off to write a million books about something. Um, you might have enough of me. Or one finally. book about one thing. Or one book about Ma'am, me. never. How dare you? Um, but we're going to be here forever. Twitter? TBD. <laughs> <laughs> a friends, well, uh, we've been visiting here at Stately Geek Down Manor. There was a wonderful charcuterie board. Prepared for us. Pro- provided, prepared by senior correspondent Gress. There were cheeses and meats. It was all fantastic. And there are scones. We have not yes. gotten into the scones yet. We're going to directly. But if you would like to ensure that we are never sconeless here on this podcast, why don't you throw three bucks in the old tip jar? KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. Keep us in all the scones and that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I get into it now. All right. Let's get into it now. This uh, other stuff. So we walk in today say our hellos uh settle ourselves and caitlin informs me that she is taking this opportunity yeah. of my visit today mm-hmm. to um really hold me hostage and force something on me that i have resisted for uh god like four years now since, oh, since the first time i ever heard about it caitlin yeah what snack do you have for me okay today so what I have is something called a cream tea. Now it has, it does have cream in it. It does not have tea in it. It's eaten most often during tea time or a high tea. It is basically a scone with, um, usually I have strawberry jam here. It's usually a a strawberry preserve. Um, but jam will do nicely. I have smuckers, um, and something called clotted cream, which, I remember talking about this is my favorite dessert and talking about this um, to to Jordan and him just being disgusted because you had gone somewhere I probably Scotland. for a high tea or or yeah or or I had it, was gone. In, it was in the city you had gone somewhere in Toronto yeah and they did not have clotted cream on offer and this was abhorrent yeah, to they, you they just had whipped cream and i was like that is you were appalled you were horrified you were I not spent having a lot of money any part of that we had to have clotted cream yeah. and friends this was the first time i had ever heard those two words and said he, in a sentence together and i was there's no way that's good so she is now taking this opportunity <laughs> to force me 
to eat clotted cream. And I already know I'm probably going to have to eat crow on this because it's probably going to be delicious. The lack of refrigeration involved here is... Well, it, was, it wasn't It was in the fridge. Okay. Like it was. It's it's very cold. <laughs> um, but I'm it, usually the, the scones are a little less fancy. These are artisanal. Um, wow. My lord. But I think it'll I think it'll go well. So I don't know if you want to pause it while I prepare or if you want to... I, I believe we'll radio magic this and prepare it and then and then return momentarily. All right, so we're here. We are ready to go. We have our cream teas. It literally looks like she just drip, like spread sour cream all over a scone. That's what we're dealing with here. But I'm fully prepared to have to eat my words. Let's get into this business. I mean, all I can taste is jam, so that's fantastic. <laughs> these are some balling ass scones. Where do you get these scones at? Shout them out. Metro. Chefs to Metro. <laughs> I thought we were going to be giving. Giving the shine to some <laughs> some small local small some small little Hamilton no. local business. Nope. We're in a sort of a wasteland where we are specifically, where the main drag beside us is just like, and it hasn't been. I hate to use the word gentrified because it has such a negative connotation, but all of the businesses are either shut down or <clears throat> or used car. <coughs> sorry, or are used car dealers. Or um, old bars that you can't see into, so they're super creepy, so you don't want to go in. And then we've got, like, a, a plaza near us that has, like, all the big chain stuff. And that's all we've got right now. But we're- Literally everything is in that plaza. We noticed it on the drive <laughs> How How is it? How is it? What would you think? I mean, I'm still not getting any of the clotted cream, so I don't see the appeal. I mean, it didn't offend my sensibilities, but... it's It's a neutral cream. That's what it is. It's not too sweet. It balances out the sugar of the, the the strawberry preserve. Do it all together. There was a creaminess you probably didn't notice. That was the subtlety of the clotted cream. Friends, this is this experience has not hardened my opinion of clotted cream. It has also not softened my opinion on clotted cream. Oh, my God. I don't see the appeal. It was a good-ass scone, though. Ridiculous. That was partially the clotted cream's help. You're welcome. <laughs> I, just do, I just do have un. Unsophistic- unsophisticated a palate to fully appreciate. It's true. I'm going to finish eating my cream tea because this is delicious. Well, that was an experience. It was a great experience. That's the thing that I did. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. I just it was, I thought it was all jam. Like It wasn't all jam. You just you're, you just have an unsophisticated palate, like you said. <sighs> well, I'm, a, I'm a buffoon. I'm you're a boorish a, buffoon. Yeah. You can't appreciate <laughs> cream tea. Can't appreciate. Oh God, it literally looks like mayonnaise. It does not. It looks like thick, thick, um, like cream. That's all it looks like. Like grout. It's like like bathroom (laughs) grout. Put it in a cocking gun. Uh, Yeah, right in my mouth. (laughs) Regrout my mouth. (laughs) Spray it right. Would Uh, you if we could get clotted cream into a into a grout gun and just. Squeeze it on in there. I've eaten cheese and ham from a tube when I was in Scotland. So and ham, yeah, and not in just a tube, not just cheese in a tube. My aunt picked it up because I was so excited about cheese in a tube the first time I was there that she picked up cheese and ham in a tube. What is Scotland doing? It is. <laughs> a lot of people want to know that cuisine wise. They get, they get a lot of that question. A lot, a lot of what is Scotland doing? doing? Everything from blood pudding to f- deep fried, whatever. There, they get a lot of questions. Mm. Not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, like I said, shouts to executive producer Cute for reuniting your co-hosts. 
Good to see you, Kate. Hi, good to see you too. How did you enjoy your week? Your week off? How was how was the wedding? Oh, I didn't have a week off. <laughs> how was your week not doing the podcast? I don't find it as a I, week. I lounged. <laughs> I was kicking back, feet up, all the Grand Theft Auto. While Caitlin was probably running amok. No, no. With wedding preparation. I was trying to. I was trying to help out as much as I could. I wasn't part of the wedding party, but uh, senior correspondent Chris was. So I was trying to, you know, support. And um, they had very. Um, he was he was very touched by it, but they asked him to be the MC. Mm-hmm. So I was helping him with the speech and practicing and all of that. And he did a great job. Um, and uh, set a you know a good tone for the wedding so that it was like lighthearted and nice and stuff. Ball and ass and ratchet was that the tone? <laughs> um, ball and ass, sure. Ratchet, not so much. When can I, who's going to throw a ratchet wedding for me? I'm I'm sure you could go to Florida. Do I have to get married just to find <laughs> a ratchet wedding? Possibly. Did I tell you about that meme? Sorry, you mentioned Florida and. Which, this, this which be, meme? This is going to be a real in-person episode, yeah. The meme where if you take Florida Man and your birthday and you see what was happening in Florida oh, I on love your birthday. That. Oh, that's, that's old. Is You're that old? old. Oh, You're my God. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Didn't you miss me just calling you old to your face? Um, actually, I got to say, guys, Jordan has aged very gracefully. It's because I'm fat, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I say the same thing. I, that sounds so like self-loathing, but I literally like... This recently came up at Major Canadian Retailer where, like, somebody guessed I was 27 years old, oh and I was God. like, you sweet, <laughs> you sweet, sweet uh, child. Yeah, um, when I started working my new department, um, most of the people thought I was 10 years younger than I am. I had said something about, like, marriage or kids or, I don't know, something. And they're like, well, you got lots of time. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I assure you, I do not. Um, and they're like, what? You're like, you know, 20, 25. And I was like, I am not. <laughs> But thank you. <laughs> like the joke is literally like, oh, it's like it's like Jordan's going to the gym. It's like Jordan don't want to lose too much because if if this if this all starts to go away, it will yeah. literally be like I've been t- touched by the finger of a warlock. I will just slowly get desiccated in my face and fade away. <laughs> And you've all seen it. You've seen those celebrities that go through who are chubby celebrities who go through that like, oh, they look so good. They've lost so much weight. No, they don't. They look like they've melted. <laughs> like They look like they're Madame Tussauds and something horrible has happened. Um, yeah, no. So wa- wa- the- watch, how a- watch how more accurate people's guesses about my age get <laughs> in, about, in about 30 pounds. Uh, <sighs> we still go to the gym, though. We try. That's we good. Try. It is it's important. better when I have programs to watch. <laughs> have you been watching K-dramas? I, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to start watching K-dramas. I'm telling you. Shit. Because you have to really focus in, right? Right. Even though I, gotta, I, I think gotta read subtitles. I can understand Korean. I cannot. <laughs> and when I look away and realize I haven't, I, I don't know what happened in the last five minutes of the show is because I cannot understand Korean. I just wish I could. Um... Well, I'm glad. I'm glad the wedding went, out, went went off without a hitch. Everything oh, everything good? They were. It was spectacular. I, it was a great wedding, um, and uh, because uh, my father was in attendance, um, I ended up leaving early. Which at first I was like, "Oh, that's too bad." But then <laughs> the next day, when I I, I was asleep by eleven thirty, and the next day, and and senior correspondent Chris wasn't in bed until four a.m. Um, I very much thanked. The fact that I had gone early, not because it was, I was having a great time, um, but it was because I have a tendency to overdo it sometimes. And I was so sore. 
And I didn't even do that much. And I was like, I'm really glad I didn't push it. So no, it was, it was fantastic. And, um, congratulations to the, to the two lovely, or the two, the married couple. Um, they, they're a great couple and I hope the best for their future. Congratulations to them. I did literally nothing and it was fantastic. Um, did I? No, I literally sat around and played Grand Theft Auto. That sounds great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, friends, there's a bit of news okay. to talk about. Um, this is an older story, uh, somewhat, but I would like to, uh, I got a shout out. I saw this on, through the Twitter account, Unseen Japan. Yep. Which is a site and Twitter account that, uh, I think it's run by, uh, English speaking people, uh, living in Japan who like to, um, promote news and stories that show Japan as a real place, you know, words and all, not right. just the anime utopia of your dreams. Right. It's actually a real place yeah. with people and problems. Yeah. Um, so, and I thought the story did cross over, uh, mm-hmm. into more mainstream Western, uh, outlets. So you may be already familiar with this. So if we're coming back, we got to come back hot. Kate, are you ready for a story about men being awful? Jordan, I'm always ready for a story of men being awful. I just, uh, I just, I'm always braced for it. So Studio Ghibli, well, Studio Ghibli, we've established, I will never call it that, even if that's the correct pronunciation. I know maybe that makes me exceptionally rude, but Studio Ghibli recently opened a theme park yeah. in Aichi Prefecture in, in the outside of Tokyo. And it's not like Disneyland. There's not like rides or anything. Mm. But there's like little exhibits, dioramas, replicas of houses. I think like, you know, the, the house from my neighbor Totoro is there. I'm sure there's another cat bus for you can ride. There's really restaurants and stuff like that. And there are like statues. Yeah. Like these little scenes from the from the movie kind of blown up to real 3d life mm-hmm. because men oh, no. little time was wasted yeah. before photos of men taking upskirts and fondling the statues of some of these characters including uh, uh marnie nope from when marnie was there and theru from uh, legend of Ursi or tales of Ursi, whatever that one was God. um getting groped and felt up um he can't i I have to describe my face. It's like <laughs> it's like this disgusted grimace of just like uh huh, like I just. Ugh. But but also of course, um, should also be noted that the character of Marnie is about twelve in yeah. the movie. To the Japanese populace's credit, uh, Swift discussed at all this. Oh, good. The photos were quickly deleted, but not before they got roasted for days on like what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, good. The organizers or the admins at the from the Ghibli theme park did not really have much to say about it. Um, disappointingly, that's yeah. They have not really said anything. The governor of Aichi Prefecture, yeah, was like, if the uploaders are identified, surely some sort of steps will have to be taken. There were malicious; these were malicious acts, and if similar occurrences are to happen again, we must be resolute in our response. That from. The governor of Aichi Prefecture, Omura Hideaki. So, at least someone. Someone had a good response to something. Yeah. Um, also, as a, <laughs> I don't know why why they included this anecdote. Um, 
Unseen Japan wants us to know that this controversy comes hot on the heels of a rash of sushi terrorism. What? So apparently, and I love this, uh, we will recall me um, singing the praises of my conveyor belt sushi experience. Yes. With, yeah. the, with the executive producer a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Apparently, sushi terrorism is where young adults at conveyor belt sushi restaurants fuck with the food that goes by <gasps> that isn't for them no. and then lets it pass on by. How are they fucking with it? Are they spitting in it? Are they? I don't know. <gasps> I don't know. That is wild because... All it says is messing with the dishes as they rotated near them, leaving the unadulterated food to be picked up by unsuspecting customers further down the conveyor line. Those videos were purposely trollish and posted uh, online for clout. Oh my god. In the end, these are just a handful of objectionable photographs purposefully meant to get a reaction. Perhaps they're best left ignored, yet there's something especially offensive about seeing... Soulful characters from a beloved studio abused by fans in a way that seems so antithetical to what the studio and their films mean to their fans. Oh, God. Hashtag all men. You really, you make it great for all of us. Nerds. It's very frustrating. I apologize if this is loud. Nerds! Yeah. All the time. All the time. So that was one piece of horrible news uh, I found on the internet. Um, a piece of just funny news I didn't even read fully, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ben Affleck is the cover story on The Hollywood Reporter okay. uh, this week right. um, about this movie he's doing about, um, <laughs> related, Michael Jordan <laughs> signing with Nike. It's a story of how Nike got oh, Michael Jordan to sign with him. I, I think saw, it's called Air. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah. I mean, eh, cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he talks about how basically now nah, he ain't doing any more DC stuff. Like he's done and burned out with that. Right. Um. Do like Zack Snyder. Okay. Shouts to the interviewer. Affleck pointed out that, um, you know, the Justice League is now like his highest rated IMDb movie. And the interviewer was like, isn't that just Zack Snyder's fans though? And he's like, meh, a win's a win. Like, uh, all right. I guess you take it where you can get it. Um, but yes, apparently the experience of at least trying to get Justice League done without Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um, and we've heard so much about that. Um, yeah. About how Whedon was was running things, how he treated Gal Gadot to uh, things. Uh, the actor who played Cyborg, Ray Fisher, said after the production, like, apparently just not a great time. And yeah. Affleck saw enough as well in that sequence to not have any interest in uh, what James Gunn and Peter Safran have planned for the current iteration of DC. I'm speculating. I don't think Gunn and Safran are like, oh, no. Yeah. We lost Affleck. I, I don't think... I, um... I don't think it's also just the experience of working with Joss Whedon. I'm sure that was terrible. I think it was also everything around it, right? Sort of the the fans and the outcry and the... I mean, in some cases, I know actors can remain untouched by that kind of stuff. But there was a lot of just weirdness and then just a lot of publicity with DC and getting asked questions all the time about XYZ and do you know this? And you're like, no, I'm just an actor. I just work here. Right. This is, I used to say that about, um, retail, like when people be like, well, why is this happening? And I'd be like, I don't know. I just work here. I just do what they tell me. So I don't get fired. Um, that's kind of like actors. They don't know what's always going on behind the scenes. I mean, Affleck's a bigger actor, so he might, but I'm sure having to deal like we've talked about it several times when you're part of the MCU, right? You're, you're sort of part of that family forever and people will always ask you questions about it. Right. Even, even, um, um, oh my gosh, I can do this. 
I believe in you. Alec Guinness <laughs> about... Oh, getting asked about Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. And he'd done so... Like, the, the his repertoire was just, like, vast, right? Like, he'd done so much. And just constantly being asked by Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like, I don't fucking... I barely knew what I was saying, right? Like, I can understand that all of that as well is probably like, no, nah, it's not for me. Uh, I think I think part of the Affleck piece as well was he had been attached to do a so direct a solo Batman movie right. for a hot sec, and then when the uh, when the reins got handed over to James Gunn, he withdrew his hat from the ring. Although he was probably already done, he kind of felt he said he felt done with the character after uh, filming his scenes in the Flash. He was like, "That's good." Yeah, I knew, I figured this out. I did it. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone involved in the current uh, iteration of DC Studios is staying up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mourning the loss of the Batman, the Batfleck project. Uh, somewhat related news also broke this week. Uh, it's I've heard it literally like into the uh, I think you should leave sketch about the hot dog car that drives through the window, and then a guy in a hot dog suit comes out and was like, "What happened?" Right. It's like James Gunn is writing a a Superman movie. Who's going to direct it? I don't know. I was crazy. Oh, who's going to direct who's the gonna- Superman movie that I'm writing? Me, James Gunn, who's also running DC Studios. No, obviously James Gunn has now been announced as the director. You're of. like, what? <laughs> How did this happen? What? That's kind of like my thing with Jeopardy when they went for the the new the new host and it was right. the producer. It was like, what? That's crazy. What? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that'll be out like five years from now. We don't need to talk, yeah. need to talk about it now, but it was yeah. like a very poorly kept secret. Kate, you were looking for something. Did you find that article? I didn't. All right. It was basically about, it was a game company. And I know it's horrible to just talk about news when you don't have any <laughs> names, but I could not find the article. It was basically, it was a game company and a, uh, one of their employees was sexually assaulted by another employee on the premises and they handled it unbelievably poorly and a bunch of other people are not no longer working with them. They just like they mishandled the whole thing. Um, someone else who found out about it reported it to HR, and that person was fired, as opposed to being lauded. Um, and it was just basically how, even after all of the information that's out there, and you know, um, the number of like HR courses and. You know, the the amount of um, education that people get on, like, sexual assault and, like, how to approach things. Businesses are still handling it so poorly. So when people sort of, like, still march or, like, it's supposed to be um, women's, women's month this month, at least in Canada. Um, and, uh, you know, when people are like, do we really need, do we still really need a women's march? Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Um, it's just, it was just incredible, sir. So if you find it, it's out there. Could this be Wormwood, a high-end tabletop That's gaming manufacturer? it. <laughs> he did it, everyone. Always on the internet, as the executive producer likes to tell me. <laughs> um, so this is, this is coming from IGN, um, published on February 24th of this year. Um, a tweet gained momentum accusing the company... Um, so sorry, Wormwood is a maker of tabletop gaming accessories that has been beloved by D and D players and they have been under fire for a tweet, um, gaining momentum, which accused the company of protecting an employee who was accused of sexual assault. 
And one of the terminated employees responded with strong words against the company. Uh, that employee was Andy Morocco, who put out his tweet on February 19th of this year. Um, he alleges that he was fired in retaliation for reporting the sexual assault of a coworker that took place on company premises. Uh, quote, I was taken behind the shop by CEO Douglas Costello. I assumed he wanted more information directly from the source, but instead he fired me in retaliation for, in his words, creating shop drama, says Morocco in the video. Yeah. He later added, Wormwood is not your friend and they do not care about people. And, and since then, and I think that's why it came up was apparently Wormwood released this like unbelievably tone deaf, um, video that was just like. It was like not protecting the victim at all. It was it was just covering their own asses and people were like, Is this like they didn't it was released at first publicly and the public was like, Is this some sort of like terrible like art house like theater thing like they were like so perplexed because it was just so unbelievably bad and then they made it private and apparently they've just backtracked and backpedaled and just totally made a disaster of it and you're just you wonder how people with what seems like common sense could um <laughs> could really mess something up that badly um so yeah and that that was my that was my terrible news or just or you think getting us both in the room together would be a happier episode of the show well but. i don't know i got a cream tea out of it so <laughs> I'm, once there's snacks involved, I'm pretty eyes, happy. Eyes on the prize this one, well, always, at no, all times. I think it's just very important to talk about the sucky things as part of our nerd culture, as well as the good things. I mean, this is why we have updates. Updates are mostly talking about <laughs> the amazing things. Sometimes we have to balance it out. Sometimes news is not good news, and that's okay. Well, speaking of updates, yeah, shall we? I really don't have much, but what do you, what do you have? Ooh. Do you have anything fun from this week? some fun stuff all right um so it was senior correspondent's birthday happy belated senior correspondent yeah he's not a big birthday guy um and i asked him a while ago whether he wanted i have to do this several times as i've talked about before senior correspondent has adhd i think it's very important we talk about these things um and sometimes with adhd those um, who are neurodivergent, who have ADHD, they have some memory issues. So sometimes I have to ask him things a couple of times. Um, So a couple of times I've asked him, hey, do you want a big thing for your birthday or just like a bunch of smaller things? And he kept on saying big things. So I had to remind him a couple of times, like, you're you're only getting one thing. (laughs) All right. I I don't suck. It's just you're getting one (laughs) thing. And I saved up all year for it. um, And I bought him a Switch. Um, and she's downstairs playing right now, actually, yes, yes. as we record this episode. Well, I, I, what I wanted, I know Nintendo is for babies, but <laughs> we're babies. It's true. Um, and, uh, he had a switch, uh, switch light a couple of years ago, but it got stolen, oh, which he was pretty devastated about. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't have money to replace it, but, um, like I said, I've been saving up all year. So got him a switch, which was great because he also really wanted to play games with me. Um, and I don't, I don't love playing video games. I'm okay with it, but I'm just not very good. And there's some things I really like, for instance, Mario Kart. And you know what you can get on the switch? You can get N64 Mario Kart. Um, so we've played that. I've been playing a lot of that actually. Um, and 
We've gone through some like older games. There's also Sega Genesis games. Um, you know I'm a sucker. You know I've bought in like three different consoles a Sega Genesis collection at least once. Yeah. He loved that because he had a Sega Genesis when he was a kid. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff that he was like, oh, Earthworm Jim. I love Earthworm Jim. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bunch of tons of old games. So much so that I don't think we're going to need to, like, purchase an actual game <laughs> in a long, long time. Um, so, yeah. So, that I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and then... Oh, sorry. Crashing into things. And then... Um, I, we know I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of educational stuff on YouTube and not just trash. Um, and I've been watching something he's called Mini Minuteman. Um, and Mini Minuteman. Yeah, it's a weird name for what he is, but that's his name. Um, he is an archaeology archaeologist. He was recently a student, so I think he's just graduated. Um, but basically, he debunks like ancient alien shit and like <laughs> bad archaeology. Um, and he recently started a longer form series um, debunking the ancient apocalypse series from Netflix. Okay. Um, Netflix gave this guy, Graham Hancock, who is, he's a pseudoscientist. I think he's been on Joe Rogan like a million times oh boy. talking about like the pyramids are actually a battery, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> Um, they couldn't have possibly have made the pyramids. It's just racist garbage. Um, but he, so, so this guy, Minute Minuteman, um, I think his name, oh, I don't know what his name is. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, you'll find him on YouTube. But he, he goes through the series apparently episode by episode and like debunks what Graham Hancock is talking about. Um, and it's really, really fascinating. Both because of the <clears throat> actual interesting archaeology he talks about and because of I think we do need more people debunking stuff on YouTube and Twitter and um, and uh, TikTok and stuff like that. There's a lot of misinformation that goes around that I think it, we need more people to stop people and be like, no, really think about this. Um, no, Atlantis did not exist. Um What? <laughs> Is this Stefan Milo? I believe that is the one. I know for sure it's Milo. Um, but yes, I think it's Stefan Milo or Milo. He's got a two-hour video explaining everything that's wrong with ancient apocalypse. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, no, that's the other Milo. Um, How many Milos are there? So it's, this is Stefan Milo. Milo, whatever his name is, talks about, I think the other guy, Milo's his first name, um, talks about Stefan Milo, really likes him. Um, oh, there he is. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he does, he does good work. He does work for the people. Um, I think I have a crush on this man, actually. <laughs> glorious hair he's got. He's got glorious hair and he jokes about himself a lot. Um, and his, uh, love of silver jewelry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he does things. He does shorter stuff on for like TikTok and YouTube shorts and he does longer form videos, but this is the one I've been watching recently. He does not give his name. So no, we don't um, have to worry about it. But yes, he just call, he just say my his name is Milo at some point. So, anyways, Mini Minute Man, Mini Minute Man, um, and they're fantastic videos. They're fun to watch and well produced, and it's nice to watch someone take the piss out of somebody else who's uh, an idiot. Too right. Um, the other thing I have been watching um is the suspicions of Mister Witcher. It is. Guess what it is. <laughs> It, yes, what it is. It's a made-up period piece that was like on Community. It sounds like, but. Uh, 
It is not. <laughs> it is um, a murder mystery show set in Victorian England based on a real uh, Mr. Witcher, who he was a one of the first... Um, investigators on the Brit- on the London police force um, in the series. I don't know how true this is to real life. The first, I know the first episode, and again, these are like hour and a half episodes. The first episode is is a real story, um, and it is this character actually worked on this investigation. Um, and I remember starting to watch it, and I didn't I didn't like it. But they've made three other. Um, episodes and i love those i don't know if it because they weren't based in fact or what it was but i really enjoyed them more um and it was a great depiction of victorian england where it was like it wasn't all posh and beautiful and shiny and it wasn't also <laughs> like egregious and les miserables and like you know it was like a mix of both worlds um so that was great and the main guy is fantastic um, a good production value and interesting mysteries. Um, also, Star Wars, continue to watch Bad Batch. Uh, continuing to watch Mando. Mando! Um, the Mandalorian. Caitlin? Yeah. Happened while we were off. Yeah. And I gave you space. Yeah. Because you had things going on. Uh-huh. This is now twice. Yeah. It's been two weeks in a row. Episode one and two. Yeah. Of season three of Mandalorian. Uh-huh. Where they have brought... Giant fucking underwater leviathans <laughs> into my life. Uh-huh. I wasn't like, totally watching the scene that happened oh, where Bo-Katan no. went down yep. to like bring him up from the depths of the space Minnetonka. Yeah. Whereas, thank you for thank you for buttoning that storyline in like two episodes, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and then on our way back up, the the only the only talked about in songs, Mythosaur. Yeah. Still chilling down there mm-hmm. under the depths. Mm-hmm. I glanced up. I said, nope, don't send it all the fuck the way back. Don't want none of that. I don't need things with a head the size of a fucking six-story building just chilling under the water. Yeah. Don't need that ever in my life. Keep it. Bo-Katan is clearly still fascinated by this and asking about it. Looking back, do not bring this back to my life. I don't want Purgle. Well, I went deep on the Purgle, Kate. Oh. I was watching it because somebody mentioned... That, because this is where we find ourselves with the Mandalorian. We've talked about this for a couple couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, we have the Lone Wolf and Cub Space Daddy Bounty of the Week show. Yep. And then we have the Deep Lore Filoniverse show. Right. Yeah. And how both of those, how well it threads both of those. Yeah. So I don't know that the Purgle played a huge role in the defeat of Thrawn. Right. And that Ezra pulled them from hyperspace to defeat Thrawn. I don't know any of that. I just see creepy-ass space whales until I read an article in The Ringer that points that out. That it's like, oh, if they're out there and if they showed them and and BB-O'd some, does that mean Ezra's going? Is that that a tip of the hat to Ezra? Oh. Oh, they want Ezra, Kate. I don't even know who the fuck Ezra is, but they want Ezra. I know they want Ezra. They want Ezra. Ezra is a character that has an arc in my opinion, my humble Star Wars opinion, very much like Ahsoka. And that when you start out in the show, again, reminder to everyone, both the Clone Wars TV show and Rebels, Star Wars TV shows, animated, are for children. 
<laughs> Keep that in mind. Both characters when they start are wildly annoying. And you're like, oh God, no. They've like brought a new young person in to make it fun for kids. And then by the end of their arc or the show, you you adore these characters, right? You've seen them grow. You've seen them become great characters. You've seen great storylines with them. And Ezra is very much like that. Like he's beloved because of the seasons, the, the arcs. Um, and And I understand people really want Ezra, but I'm just like... Just leave it. Leave it for somebody else. Nothing, not everything has to have an answer, at least not right this second, right? They left it open so that someone could tell that story. We don't need it right this second. Um, they're just fucking space whales. They're cool. I mean, not to you. I get it. Um, just leave them alone. Um, the Mythosaur, amazing, really freaky. Um, I didn't like this episode. The um, newest one? I didn't like the newest one. You mean the episode I heard described as a Andor spec script written in crayon? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Andy, Andy Greenwald. Andy Greenwald. No love lost there. Um, no. um, I, I just, I didn't think it was the greatest storytelling. Um, how many times do you have to go back to the same cave? 53,000, apparently. Um, it reminded me too much of uh, The Time Traveler. I have weird feelings about that story. It gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Um, if you know, what, you know. What part? When he goes into the future and there's like the weird cave people and they're really creepy and then you realize they're like using... Oh, we're still talking about episode two. Okay. Yes. Um, Those dudes, by the way, when Bo-Katan finally shows up, yeah. they had taken about three subsequent L's at, the, at that point. So like yeah. maybe when a third person comes rolling in, like... You got your ass whooped. By, you got your ass whooped by Din when he comes through. Yeah, you couldn't catch Baby Yoda. You kind of got zapped off by Baby Yoda. Yeah, um, as, as he was fleeing to go get Bo-Katan, and then Bo-Katan showed up, and you're like, you know, let's just keep attacking people who come in here. It's been working out really well for us. <laughs> I don't think they're very smart, Jordan. <laughs> I feel like even a child knows not to touch a you touch a hot stove once, hmm. you don't go back. Um, anyways, so I don't, well, we'll see how, what happens. I'm not, I'm not as keen on this season of the Mandalorian. What, and yes, what did you think of our, did you have d- deep, uh, long and burning questions about what the fuck was his name? Dr. What? I don't know. Dr. Parsifus, whatever. I, I don't know. I, 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 well, um, I don't know. Well, I will see. I, I not really, I don't, I'm not trying to be disconnected. <laughs> It was a disconnected episode. It gave you the episode that dropped this week gave you like fifteen minutes yeah. of Mandalorian. Great, yeah. great space battle. Yeah. Well done. They, they never skimp on the money on those. No. Um and then just jumped to like showing you what life is like under the new republic through this character who was like the doctor that was acquiring Baby Yoda in the first season. Like I my thing is is I'm not I don't Who's who are who's writing these? I haven't been looking, but I don't think they're very good. And I'm trying to figure. I don't out, know if Favreau wrote this one or not. But. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, there's this like there's something. There's a there's a disconnect in the writing. There's a disconnect in the story plotting. I'm all of the episodes feel really disjointed. They're doing too much. Like I they're just definitely doing too much. I, I 
yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to enjoy it for like Baby Yoda, which I always do, and for the fun bits. And I'm just trying to remember this is fun. It's Star Wars. Don't think about it too hard. Also, we didn't get a chance to talk in person. Yeah. Because I heard this information while we were off that Favreau, uh, in an interview, told the world that he viewed time as kind of matching real world time in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So even though from episode like. Luke takes them in Luke, Luke picks up Grogs in at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. And then you see him again in our time, like a year later when, yeah. when book of Boba Fett turns into season 2.5 of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, to Favreau's mind, that same amount of time had happened. He, he said to an interview, Grogo had been with Luke for two years. Yeah. I don't, I see. I don't find this as strange. Get the foot. There's literally, I mean, it clears a lot of things up about the terrible storytelling in the first episode where like, what kind of like new deal did grief strike on uh, the rebuild of whatever the fuck town they're in? Like that, yes. that place is bumping now. And it yeah. was like, you literally two episodes ago, this was a hellhole. Yeah. So now it's just, it's vibrant and all, and all the bars are schools and pirates still want to drink there regardless regardless if it's a school or not damn it I those wanna, kids will serve us grog i want to drink sir this is a wendy's i'm drinking here anyway like uh, is this queen and spadina on a saturday night like what's happening here i brought my own sewer wine <laughs> um yeah i just i i that to me is is fine that's to me that was kind of like understandable and the fact that you know Grogu's starting to get some words. It's very cute. There's a lot, lot more babbling going on. Yet. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so Mandalorian is fine with a capital F. <laughs> it really is. Also, it's wild. The level of talent that this show gets. Like, I know. The guy who directed Minari directed the last episode. <laughs> okay. It's amazing. Um, I think, do we put any stock in, like, so I'm trying, I've watched this entire episode knowing I had already listened to Chris and Andy at this point, so I knew what kind of what to expect from this episode. And then having watched it this morning, I was literally like, why did we do this? Why was this the way we chose to spend our third episode? Right. With 15 minutes of Mandalorian at the beginning, 15 minutes of Mandalorian at the end, and then like 45, that was a long episode, 45 minutes in the middle with this kind of like, Oh, what has former Imperial Doctor been up to? Right. And I th- I think it's to show that, like, it was not all sunshine and orange juice after the New Republic took over. That they, like, that any system of power is going to be flawed. And this is me being very generous. Like, But, I mean, we already saw that even through the interaction with the, what were they called? The, like, the scouts or the... You know the the New Republic ships. Oh yeah, yeah. When they would start the like, when when Appa from <laughs> Kim's Convenience showed yes, up as the we, pilot. We we got those vibes already, right? We they'd mentioned it in World that things were tough. Um, so I don't really think they needed that, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want to pass really harsh judgment yet. I just find the episodes just. They're very disconnected, and I don't. I'm not as drawn in even to like second season. I there are episodes in second season I've rewatched because they were so much fun. Um, I don't think I'll be rewatching any of these. Oh, I definitely was doing dishes this morning. Yeah, um, and then finally, the last thing I watched or tried to watch was um, News of the World. What is that? That was a Tom Hanks movie from a couple years ago, 
And oh, the Western, right? Yeah, it was a Western and it was about I it starts out he is someone um who is a traveling kind of like newsman. Basically, he can read a lot of people that age could not and they wouldn't get the news it was after the civil war so he'd go around to southern towns reading the news um from place to place to place um and people would gather in the halls to hear the news of the world and i thought it was gonna be about that (laughs) and instead it started it was a it was a wolf and cub story um, he, there was a girl who many years ago was abducted from her family and she was raised, um, by a tribe in the South. And I cannot remember the tribe's name. I feel terrible about that. Um, but, uh, she's has German heritage, but all she's ever known is this tribe. She speaks the language. She is culturally part of that, that tribe. And then that tribe is wiped out by the army and she is, basically um she's supposed to be reunited with she has like an aunt or something in a southern town somewhere and no one will take this girl on um and so it's up to tom hanks to do it um and then there's like this weird mini kind of subplot where these people are trying to chase them because they want to like she's she's like 10 or 11 they want to like push her into prostitution and like steal her and i'm just like no i didn't come here for this uh i i really just wanted like an interesting western about you know how things worked back then um something to do with the news maybe yes <laughs> so he has to you know bring information to somebody somewhere um but that's that's what i wanted so it was uh it was I stopped watching it. <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't think I like this. I don't, I, we don't need bad guys showing that they're bad guys because they want to rape a child, right? Like, that's just. No, nope, that's pass on me. Don't, yeah, don't, I'm just, no, I'm good not it. having that in my life. Um, so, yeah, that's what I kind of got up to for the last two weeks. I have nothing really new to discuss from that's the last okay. two weeks. It's really been a lot of like keeping up on the stuff that has been good. That's all right. We can talk about the fact that you couldn't find any anime for March Madness. I tried. I really tried. I had heard good things about Redline, which I may just buckle down and force us to watch anyway. Um, Redline was a movie by Studio Madhouse that I didn't realize at the time was, I think, directed by the guy who had done the character designs on a... um, the Loop in the Third spin-off show. It's actually okay. the first show that uh, the director of Yuri on Ice. By the way, Yuri on Ice still waiting on that movie. Every year they announce they're working on it. It's been like five years. What is this? Working on the weekends, guys? Like Fucking side project, side hustle for get you? It together. Like they're literally kids born who don't <laughs> know what Yuri on Ice is at this point. Um, but uh, it's he has a very. It was a show focusing on the character of Fujiko. And it was really like adult and sexy. And I remember at one point Zenigata smashes uh, Fujiko to like, or she smashes him to like get out, try to escape from custody or whatever. And I'm like, what yeah. is this version yeah. of Lupin? <laughs> no thanks. No, um, thank you. But he's got a real like inky kind of thick lined like, and this is basically just like it's a Fast and the Furious movie, basically, right? It's like a car racing for glory type of movie um and i can only find a dub and just his art style is so like 
This is a hard hang. And I also tried the Cyberpunk Edge Runner show, and within like two seconds, there was like a weirdly pornographic scene. Um, yeah. For like two seconds, I'm like, I can't give this to Caitlin, and also I'm bored. This is, <laughs> neither of this is good. Um, so on me, do better. Um, yeah, shrinking is still really good. Um, Abbott Elementary is still really good. Uh, Netflix needs to make up its mind. I got hit with the band hammer. Okay. And then weirdly it worked again. And then this point it worked that I finished watching space jam on it. Yeah. And then I fired it up again and it was like, Oh, this TV isn't recognized as the primary location. Is there a problem? You know, are you traveling? So I guess like maybe I could like, yeah, I'm traveling. And then my dad will send me the code he gets emailed. That's what we did. <laughs> Does that work all the time? Can I do that? I don't perpetuity? know. I just did it. We did it. I was working fine. I think it was because uh, Chris's parents were away yeah. and they just got back. Yeah, I'll come to this show to learn how to defraud Netflix. That's what we're doing <laughs> well, around here. Well, but it's under Chris's account. I think his parents pay for it, but it's under Chris's account for some reason. So I was like, no, I need to watch Space Jam. <laughs> and he's like, okay. It says, are you traveling? And it's just like, it emails you a code and you put the code in and it's, it's worked fine. So I don't know how long you're allowed to travel for. Yeah, you can, you get it cleared for two weeks. And then after oh, that, maybe it okay. doesn't let you travel anymore. But right. anyway. We shall see. Um, uh, Lady Joker continues to be dope. Um, that's the book I started reading forever ago and I'm slowly run hot and cold with, but it's never because it's not good. Uh, it's just a weirdly sized hardcover that I felt the need to buy instead of the paperback. So yeah. it's a little cumbersome to bust out on the bus when you're reading it. Um, oh, one thing that I did watch this week. This was from the, <laughs> as the executive producer said, get in your fucking feels um, was the recently uh, Oscar winning animated short uh the boy the mole the fox and the horse oh. based on the graphic novel of the same name did it make you cry uh-huh, a little bit oh i'm sob later i'm it's, so excited it's basically it's just a fable about yeah. a boy who wants to find home and mm-hmm. meets these other characters um it just drops bars oh. throughout a little like they don't talk about much the mole really wants cake. You'll identify. He just wants cake all the time. Oh my God. I self identify with very this mole. Fo- very focused on cake. Um, and yeah, just, I uh, won't even spoil any of the little like food for thought one liners that kind of drop along it, uh, Amazing. get dropped by it as you go along, but it's only like 25 minutes, half an hour. Um, and is beautifully animated. Um, and yeah, get your fucking feels. Yeah. I don't think I got anything else. That's good. I got a bunch of stuff. You had a little bit of stuff. People are like, great. We listen to stuff. <laughs> we listen. We listen to stuff. Uh, They're all stuffing their faces with cream teas. Yeah. I got, I got clot brain right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds worse than it is. But friends, we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about <laughs> when Jordan couldn't find an anime. Caitlin came back with this. Sure. Why not? Uh, Come back from this break. We're going to talk about all the Space Jams. So much Space Jam. In just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about things that we brought each other. Sure is. As Jordan mentioned before the break i in 
I don't know what kind of state of mind I was in, <laughs> but you know what's kind of mad? Space Jam. Um, both the original. They're like, you watch both Space Jams? Yeah. And the new one. Um, I actually had never seen the original Space Jam. Same. Um, which was one of the reasons why I was like, well, now we have to do it. Um, it was super huge when I was a kid. I was in like grade five, I think, when it came out, grade four. Um, cool. And I remember everyone was super into it. Um, but I wasn't super into basketball. And I knew who Michael Jordan was, but I was like, eh. And I probably was watching Sailor Moon. So I was like, no, it's not really my vibe. Um, and I remember um, the big song, um, I can be- I Believe I Can Fly. That was, a, that was a weird moment to be brought back to the second the movie started, <laughs> but we'll get into it. Um, and so I was like, sure. Also, um, it is doubly, there's a double entendre here because, be, you know, obviously this is March Madness. This is, these movies are both kind of wacky and zany and mad in their own right. It's also March Madness is the NCAA basketball thing. Wow. See what you did there? See what I did? This is why you guys come to this podcast. <laughs> um, anyways. Do the rules quick. So the rules are uh, the rule of three. If the things come in parts, we will watch three of them. They did not. They were movies. Mm-hmm. And one of them significantly longer than the other. Oh, my God. Which I did not realize and was maybe a little late watching. Um, but I did finish it. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Real hard to do when you're enjoying a charcuterie board <laughs> <laughs> before you start recording. But we did it. We did it. Thank- thanks to senior correspondent reminding us you got to save it for the pod. Yelled at us. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, um, idiots. Stop talking about it. And we do this so that you guys get the, I'm not going to go say freshest of takes. Freshest takes about Space Jam. Yeah, you're really coming here for that. <laughs> and then the third rule, which isn't really a rule, is that there's a policy is that there will be spoilers. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's everything's by rote here. Like, it's just a very. LeBron wins. <laughs> what a twist. And Michael wins. And that's really, that's it. And also, friends and family are important. Fifth element's love. (laughs) Um, So yeah, but if you're still like, I don't want to know any of the details, then you need to figure out what your life is for. Get it together. Get a cream tea. Get a stiff drink. (laughs) Endorse one of those suggestions. Uh, And figure your shit out. Um, With all that said, let's get into it. Space Jam is a 1996 American live action slash animated sports comedy film directed by Joe Pitka and written by some people. Sure. The film stars basketball player Michael Jordan as a fictional version of himself. The li- You know why you know that? It's because his house is a normal looking house <laughs> and not a giant fucking mansion. The live- oh, there are other reasons I'll get to momentarily. But- <laughs> fictional version of himself. The live action cast also includes Wayne Knight. And Teresa Randall. Remember when Wayne Knight was in everything? As well as cameos by Bill Murray. Did not know that. That was a delight. Um, as well as cameos, uh, sorry, by Bill Murray and several NBA, NBA players like Billy West, Dee Bradley, um, Dee Bradley Baker, sorry, Kath Succi and Danny DeVito headlined the voice cast. Um, the film follows Jordan as he is brought out of retirement. Remember that, that, that stage? Um, 
out of retirement by Looney Tunes characters to help them win a basketball match against invading aliens intent on enslaving them as amusement park attractions. I don't even know how we, remind me how the basketball came into it. Um, so they, Oh no, they, the, the tunes, the Looney tunes challenge them the basketball cause they're small because they were like, they, they're not athletic. These aliens are tiny. They're not very tall. They're like, we know we'll, we'll play basketball with them. And then they, the aliens do some research. They steal, steal the, talent the talent of, uh, basketball players like Charles Barkley. Um, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And a and, white guy. <laughs> and uh, and become um, basketball monsters using their power. The monsters. The monsters. Um, and then the Looney Tunes realize they're in trouble and need to find the best basketball player they can. And at this point, this isn't fiction, folks. Uh, Michael so, Jordan went on to have a basketball career after retiring for the first time from the NBA. He did. He also had a baseball career. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> They go and baseball. find the best basketball player in the world, the baseball playing Michael Jordan. Because yes, yes. as Kate alluded to, they're after the second, the second. I can't remember. Watch the last dance again. We'll talk about the last dance more in a minute. But like, he had retired. He was like, I have done all I can do in basketball. Yeah. I look. He always wanted to be a baseball player anyway, because that's what my dad did. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to follow in his footsteps. I'm going to try my hand at baseball. Two two sport player. He was not the Michael Jordan of baseball. No, he was not. Um, which the movie also alludes to. Yeah. There were some things with this movie that I was like, good for you for making fun of yourself, Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, anyways, so that's kind of, that's how they got, that's how Michael Jordan got involved with, yeah. the, with helping them. And then the stakes get high and it's like, he gets drawn into the, like, he's going to be a slave and he'll have to lose to terrible children at this amusement have to play, park play one on one and lose to children and sign autographs all day and yeah yeah um and so weirdly absent from the movie a montage about the looney tunes getting better <laughs> at, ba- at basketball they just are terrible for the first half michael jordan gives a speech they use special water they use looney tune tricks they win oh it's that, it's that reverse psychology where it's like Oh, this is this is what makes me Michael Jordan the best basketball player in the world. But it's just tap water. But you put a note on it that says, "Yeah, Michael's special well, stuff to Bugs give them self confidence." Put, put a note on it. Oh, okay. it was a very one hour thirty minute children's movie. Oh, say it again, Caitlin. One hour. I think it was less than thirty minutes. One hour twenty seven minutes. I'm gonna say. What do we love in this building? Ninety minute movies. Fuck yes, we do. Um, something that they should bring back from the nineties. <laughs> None of that other fashion. We don't need uh, nylon jackets. We don't need neon colors. Um, we don't need butterfly hair clips. We need ninety minute movies. So this movie is a very weird sort of relic for a number of reasons. Also, depending on how much you know about watching this movie post Last Dance is very. Interesting, because when the movie came out, like we didn't really know a whole lot. It was like, be like Mike. It was like he's Michael Jordan. He's like, he's, yeah. he's Michael Jordan. Then we watch the Last Dance, and we see learn a little bit more about Michael Jordan, the person, yeah. and the type of personality you have to have to be that dominant at your chosen 
vocation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is a fictionalized version of Michael Jordan because there ain't no way I'm believing he wasn't calling Daffy Duck a little bitch for missing a layup. <laughs> like, it's just not a thing. And like, like I said, it's nice or that... Or gambling on the outcome. Or, or yeah, like, it's nice that he made fun of himself, made fun of his baseball career. Um, he was charismatic enough he wasn't a particularly good actor but that's no one expected that i thought it was but you ain't got time to notice when the movie's only 90 minutes long no um the looney tunes even at that time in the 90s was very much like they were on tv but no kid was like yeah bugs bunny well okay but that's that's not entirely true because this was and i verified this was so cute this was the era where like looney tunes were weirdly hip-hop Okay. Like, the characters would feature on, like, like I don't know if they were bootlegged or not, but, like, you go out and get a shirt with, like, the Tasmanian Devil with, like, a bandana and okay. a baseball jersey and, Sorry. like, that shit. Weirdly, Tasmanian Devil was actually quite big in the 90s because he had his own show. He did, which and I it, never watched. It but. is. It was one of those offshoots. So, in, uh, we're, as we mentioned before on the show, Jordan and I have a little bit of an age gap. When I was a kid at that time, uh, Tiny Toons... Was right. relatively like maybe it was a little bit earlier than that, a couple years earlier. But Tiny Toons was pretty big. Uh, Tasmanian Devil, um, and like there was offshoots like of the Warner Brothers characters that had sort of their own shows. Um, there was a lot of Tweety Bird and Sylvester yes, yes, yes. stuff. Not as much though of like Daffy and Bugs Bunny. Yes, very hip hop. Absolutely, I think I saw. I think I saw Bugs Bunny in like a chain and a bandana and a bunch of sweaters um, in Toronto at that age. Um, So yes. You you were East East Toronto as a child? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You saw those. Um, So yeah, fair enough. It just, I mean, for kids, kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, though, if you liked Michael Jordan and you were a kid and you liked basketball, I could see you being like, mom, let's go to this movie. Good kids movie, right? Like just dumb and there were a lot of anvils. (laughs) A lot of Acme products. Also have to say, he's on screen for about seven minutes mm-hmm. and is the greatest thing in the movie. Bill Yo, Murray? Bill Murray is a fucking treasure. I know he's had a time of it lately, but like, goddamn. Um, he fucking just, he, he's, he's, he's doing Peter Venkman. He just rolls up. He clearly did not care. When at one point, <laughs> Bugs Bunny or something was like, how did you get here? He's like, I know the producer. Like, I think the best line was, hey, it, what's Dan Aykroyd doing here? <laughs> that, was a, even, that was a good line. Doesn't even bat an eye. Um, that and uh, and him and the lines between him and Celtics. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Um, see, I know what team he was from. That's pretty good. <laughs> good job. Um, Larry Bird. Those were quite funny. Bill Murray being like, I could make it. And they're like, no, you can't, you can't pay for the NBA, Bill <laughs> Murray. The NBA. Um, so anyways. Uh, you want to come out after? I have got to ice my knees like <laughs> now or it's not going to happen. Um, so all in all, the first Space Jam. Was fine. Rel- relatively inoffensive. Like I said, 90 minutes. Hard to fuck up. Really hard to fuck up 90 minutes. Um, and not for nothing. Kaylin, I may make you watch it when we're done this recording. Have you ever seen the video for the Monstars song, Hit Em High? I vaguely recall this from my childhood, but I could not tell you. Hit Em High still goes the fuck in. Really? I love that song. Amazing. I think it was, it was B-Real from Cypress Hill. It was a posse cut. It was C- B-Real from Cypress Hill, Coolio, L O Cool J, uh, Method Man, and Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. I used to love Buster Rhymes when I was a kid. And this was peak, like, 
I am just screaming into a microphone, Buster Rhymes. Like, insane. This is very long dreads, Buster Rhymes. I'm a, I was let's, just let's, about to say, was this long dreads, Buster Rhymes? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a skinny dreads, Buster Rhymes guy. And I know, I know, brolic, I know, brolic short hair, Buster Rhymes is, is a certain type of mood, but I, listen, I'm a kid of the 90s. I need, I need my long hair. I need my, my squirrely dreadlocked uh, Buster Rhymes. I need the, Wilding out. the, the fuzzy pants, baby <laughs> blue. Like outfit. Oh, okay. Galen wants to give me some old Buster Rhymes. That's, yeah. that's what Galen wants. Um. All right. So. So I mean, it, it was a fun movie. Like I said, had a long legacy. Yeah. People were always remembered. People always remembered this movie. Mm-hmm. Beloved by a certain demo. So in the world we live in, yeah. it was only a matter of time. It took a long ass time. Yeah. To finally do it, but we then ended up with. And I think also it was like who could feasibly. Take on this mantle. Take, exactly. Take on B, if not in the NBA, who could be the next MJ in a Space Jam franchise if you're yeah. going to do Space Jam again? Um, so Space Jam, A New Legacy, also known as Space Jam, Space Jam 2, is a 2021 American live-action animated sports comedy film co-produced by Warner Animation Group and a bunch of other people. The film was directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Great. Sure. There's a bunch of more information. Written by by some people. Yeah. It serves as a standalone sequel to Space Jam from 1996 and is the first theatrically released film to feature the Looney Tunes character since Looney Tunes Back in Action from 2003. Wow. The film stars basketball player LeBron James as a fictional version of himself. Don Cheadle, Chris Davis, Sonequa Martin-Green, and Cedric Joe star in live action roles while Jeff Bergman, Eric Bauza, and Zendaya headline the Looney Tunes voice cast. Oh, that's what Zendaya did in this. I didn't even realize The film follows James enlisting the Looney Tunes aid to win a basketball game in Warner Bros. themed virtual multiverse against a rogue artificial intelligence's avatars after James's son is abducted by the AI. Caitlin? Yeah. I'm making this promise to you and to the listeners. Yeah. I will only use the vine twice. I'm trying to think which vine. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> only twice. I will not rely on that on that vine throughout this segment. <laughs> um, okay. First thing straight off mm, the bat. Mm. It is too long. <laughs> Second thing straight it's enough so the bat, long. Um, LeBron James is a great actor. <laughs> he really is. Like, listen, LeBron was, James has a level of charisma that is, frankly, unappreciated. I charisma like, and actual, like, some acting chops. <laughs> like, I, he he was good. He had been in some shit by the time. that He was in, oh, he was okay. in a, a Judd Apatow movie, I think. I think he was in Trainwreck. He played a... He had a supporting role in Trainwreck. Oh, and, yeah. and he had hosted the ESPYs a couple times and, like, yeah. you know, done some, done some comedy work. But, I mean, presenting is very different than than acting right and though michael jordan was fine i really actually enjoyed lebron james Mm. i thought he did a great delivery um i did like that this was more about family stuff i think it was a good kids movie this i mean yeah there there was i mean (laughs) the stakes in the first space jam are like literally nothing like the i mean okay sure for our friends to not be sold into indentured servitude yeah and a theme park moron mountain is that what it was called um whereas this one is more like yes it's about james's relationship with his son who is more interested in building video games and doesn't doesn't necessarily want to uh you know go into fully devote himself to basketball like his brother and his father did um you get a brief flashback in the beginning kind of showing why james the senior is like this um you see him with a given a game boy 
Um, and then he's kind of farting around with that and that gets distracted and kind of, and it hasn't focused up for the game. Yes. And so he doesn't play at his best and, and his coach really uh, leads into him. His coach played like five seconds by, uh, Wood Harris. Yeah. Avon Barksdale, uh, showing up to play the coach to like really get across to young LeBron that, you know, you got to focus, can't be distracted by this stuff. And that is what LeBron has taken through his life. The secret to his entire success is that level of focus. Um, I'm making this movie sound like it isn't a two hour commercial for the Warner brothers company uh, and I, Nike. I'm, I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. This is just ready player one for kids. It absolutely is. And I remember <laughs> because I'm for obvious reasons, thinking of who framed Roger rabbit, I was getting ready to come out here. Yeah. Today. I was thinking of, I'd finished the movie. And I was thinking of who framed Roger rabbit and like how, what a, sort of notable thing it was at the time mm-hmm. that like all these cartoon characters could be in the same thing that whether it was like where the, the power of Robert Zemeckis going to work to get this done or the legal departments or whatever, the strength of the story, everybody just kind of believed in it. It's like once in a lifetime opportunity, yeah. you get Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse in the same, in the same sort of thing. Caitlin, we are like two corporate mergers away from everything being when I saw Danny DeVito penguin from Tim Burton's Batman in the audience yeah. at this basketball game. Yeah. I was like, the wheels are off the plane right now. <laughs> this is just like the Jim Carrey's the mask was there. Like yeah. literally everything. Stop doing the iron giant like this. Stop on the Ooh, iron giant whoa. and shit just to like, yeah, just let him leave him be. You guys didn't like him at the beginning. Stop using him for clout. <laughs> so the movie flopped when it came out. Yeah. Stop. Stop using him for clout. Stop being like, we're cool too. And have a heart. No, you do not. You do not. Um, yeah, like it's literally. So the first time they do it is all the Looney Tunes are like the, the thing they're kind of alluding to is like so there's they're all in the server they're trapped in the server verse. Yes, which is basically the the computer banks that I will say this. Yeah, nice to see Don Cheadle try something different. I thought Don Cheadle was great in this. Nice to see Don Cheadle kind of hamming it up as a as a villainous type. And again, I think this is very much a sto- This is a movie great for kids and. Their parents, because their parents are like, hey, this character from my childhood that my kid's mm. never seen before, um, fine for kids and parents. But it was just sort of, it was it was real long. It was real long, guys. Um, and I was like, I thought it was going to be another hour and a half. I was like, right, because it's a kid's movie. And it wasn't. It was when uh, when LeBron first entered Toonville. Yeah, he was falling to earth, and then he hit the hit the desert floor. And he had tiny legs. And no, but what shape did he land in? Oh, I can't remember. A Nike swoosh. Oh my gosh! And I went, oh wow. Oh okay, no. Okay, that's what's. Oh, and we have to talk about something very important mm. about the second movie. Okay. What did you do to Bugs Bunny's voice? I'm not trying to put. I'm not trying to throw shade on any voice actor just out there doing their best. To fill the shoes of the inimitable Mel Blanc, who is the classic voice of Bugs Bunny, that I was about to say we all grew up in, but some of y'all <laughs> probably didn't. Some of y'all probably don't even know, you know, some of y'all don't know what Jim Henson sounded like, and some of y'all don't know what Mel Blanc sounded like. Fair. Um, it was odd. They changed it from a it's very, like, lower. Like, it was very Bronx, like. Yes, it was very, it was like an Italian guy stuck in Bugs Bunny. And I was like, okay, New Yorker Italian guy, leave. You're not <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Get out. Um, 
yeah, it was very strange and it was off-putting so much so that I like didn't like those scenes. They made me like, I don't like this. Uh, also, on the one hand, so the whole the whole crux of the game is so in the first one they're like getting their ass whooped until they both of them really it's about the NBA player getting his ass whooped until he embraces the inherent looniness yes of um the cartoon world um and where and has fun and has fun and whereas in the first one it's basically just Michael Jordan making his arm extend from like a from like a half court Which, dunk. With everything, all the um, fly like an eagle, I believe I'm going to fly. I thought he was going to sprout wings. <laughs> I was like, right, this is his moment. He's going to finally get the wings. No, nope, just, just no, stretch. just weird stretch arms. Um, because the whole crux has to do with LeBron's son, who gets, you know, sort of wooed by uh, the Don Cheadle character, or AI, uh, who is called Algae Rhythm, because he's an algorithm. Yeah. Algae Rhythm. Algae Rhythm. Algae Rhythm. Um, it's basically they are playing Dom Ball, which is a the game that LeBron James's son made. Um, so it's there's a lot of style points. The, the score yeah. goes up to like a thousand because you just get random style points for whatever, um, and that's how the the looniness comes into it. So to that end, I did not need one of said loony moments to involve Porky Pig do battle rapping. Oh my gosh, right? I didn't really need that in my life. However, when he does his little mic drop and then Tweety Bird rolls by the screen in a Slick Rick outfit <laughs> with the eye patch and the big Kangol hat, I was yeah. like doing the like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that got a legitimate laugh out of me. There, there were some legitimate laughs. Also, Michael B. Jordan doing uh, oh my God. full hearts, clear eyes, whatever, can't lose. Like, <laughs> But just Michael B. Jordan showing up and then being like, no, that's Michael B. Jordan, the actor. Couldn't even get Michael A. Jordan. Jordan? You had to get Michael, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan. Um, and he's like, yeah, sorry guys, I was but I believe some popcorn in you. And this cat grabbed me. <laughs> <laughs> so like there were some great cameos. Um, there were legitimate laughs. <laughs> Little Ralph showing up for no reason. Yeah. Me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a color commentator. I was greatly enjoyed as well. Fantastic. Um, he's like, I do not know what's going on. Is this heaven? <laughs> Did I fall down an elevator shaft? Is that what happened? Um, Again, this all would have been more enjoyable had the movie been 90 minutes. But yes. It was not. Because they wanted to stuff in all that D- DC and Warner Brothers content and it didn't... Fucking Rick and Morty is in this movie. Didn't like, need it. Didn't need it because also that was the other thing. The Looney Tunes didn't show up till like, I got to say like 25 minutes into the film at least. Like it was a while. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, you have to establish the family relationship, but I mean, you still probably could have done that much quicker yeah much faster um but anyway so it was a weird mix of like moments where i was like actually laughing and moments where i was like what what is this why but why and just the weird sort of like corporateness of it just really the same thing i had with ready player one where it's just like here's all the stuff you liked and we just threw them together yeah at least they kind of interacted with each other in that this was this was literally spot the reference because it was like mm-hmm. and it what it happened because i kept noticing things i was like is that fucking jack nicholson's joker like just like <laughs> you just kept noticing things it was bernie rubble and jack nicholson's joker like in the same shot yeah and king kong like it's weird um and then i was confused by the ending because i thought the idea was that like yes LeBron James needed to have fun and he needed to recognize that not everyone had the same dream. Like his son didn't have the same dream as he did, but he was still working hard. But that the, the, the idea with, for his son was that there are no cheat codes in life. Like you have to, you have to try your best and try your hardest 
at what you're doing to get far. And then at the end, he like gives his dad a cheat code. Like I just, I, I was like, this got very mixed up. I think in their wanting to make things very corporate, they kind of lost the message, which I have to say the original, even though I maybe wasn't as entertained by, kept that message. Just like really <laughs> kept the message. Lesson deal. Very important. Uh, that's like a seven on the first one and a six on the second one for me. It's like a six on both for me. I just, I wish I, I wish I had seen Space Jam when I was a kid. Cause I think I feel like I could give it a better rating. Mm. I just was like, I, and I've also never loved the Looney Tunes. So <laughs> that's a problem. I, I, um, I got a soft spot for the Looney Tunes, but, uh, it's cause you're old. Um, <laughs> he's so glad he came. He's so glad he so came. That's to why we only do this like once a year at this point. But. Um, but I still, yeah, if you're into basketball and you were a kid or you are a parent who has a child, why would your child be listening to this? My God, you're a terrible parent. Um, but if you were a parent and you have a young child, I feel like this would be very entertaining for you to watch. Um, they were both fun. They just, you know, weren't, weren't, uh, as fun as I had hoped. And, but they were very, they were, were very mad. They were mad and crazy and wacky and. Looney, Looney. Even. Looney even. Looney. Brought it back, y'all. There you go. Friends, do you have opinions about the Space Jams? Why would you? <laughs> they might. You don't know. You don't know them, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the Looney Tunes characters? Is that just reserved for old people or did you ever have a sweatshirt with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck standing back to back in baseball jerseys and baggy pants? Maybe they'll tweet you in between bites of cream tea, both how wrong you are. Yeah, friends, when you're like hunched over the toilet... After consuming your clotted cream, oh my God. hit us up with your thoughts on Twitter.com. Get up off Twitter. Let us know what you think about that. It gets punchy this <laughs> this time in the podcast. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe I'll just make you... Uh, fuck it. We're doing Redline. We'll figure it out. We'll bear down. We'll bear down. We'll talk about Redline. We got... Because, listen, I'm not making watch Ninja Scroll. I looked up like every... Oh, no. I've seen Ninja yeah, Scroll. Yeah, I figured you had. And it was like... Every time I looked up like anime action movies number one was always ninja scroll no. i was like you know she hasn't seen it we are not watching ninja it's scroll for terrible. this podcast it's real bad um it holds a somewhat special place in my heart as being like you know again bottom shelf music land type manga yep. video vhs tapes that mm-hmm. you can only get th- at that time in the late 90s but no no, no we're not doing that so Nuh-uh. we'll do redline Tubi classic <laughs> find it on Tubi. i don't even know if i can find it with a sub anywhere but it's one of the. It's literally one of those ones. It's like everywhere. If there's a free streaming service, Redline is on it. But interesting. Okay. I guess that's what we're doing next week, y'all. We'll get into that next week. Caitlin McKinnon. High five. Up top. Good to see you. Okay, hit the road. Somebody's got to work tomorrow, y'all. Friends. Thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic and madness-inducing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Shit, fuck Jesus, Lord. Jesus Christ. Shit, fuck, damn cocksucker motherfucker all right getting covering all your bases Cunt. okay jesus the hard t the hard t the hard t